Dear God, I come before you right now. I thank you for your love, your mercy. I thank you for sacrificing your son, Jesus Christ, for me and for all of us so that one day we can be with you. And God, today as we read your word, as your truth is proclaimed, I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our ears to what you would have to say to us. I pray today, God, that chains would be broken. I pray that people would be stepping out of their comfort zones as people discover their purpose. I pray that we would truly, when we do discover that purpose, that we would go out into this world to make a difference. I thank you, God, for all the things that you have done in our lives. You deserve all of the glory. You deserve all of the praise. And so today, Father, I pray that our eyes would be set on you, that our minds would be focused on you, as you are the cornerstone of our lives. We thank you, God, once again, for all that you've given us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. I also have the privilege and the honor to be able to sit on the lead team here. And uh, before we get into the message today, I wanted to say a happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. I want you to know we appreciate you and all that you do. I don't necessarily know what it means to be a father, right? I, I All I have is a cat. <laughs> okay, and she keeps me on my toes as it is, so I can't imagine uh, some of the stress and some of the things that you guys definitely go through, and so I want you to know that we appreciate you, and we thank you for everything that you do, and I hope that tomorrow, obviously today is not Father's Day, tomorrow is, but I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. I hope that you're able to relax, maybe spend some time with your kids, spend some time with your family if you're able to, and I hope that you truly have an absolutely amazing day. So once again, happy Father's Day, and um, thank you for all that you do. Today, guys, we're going to be continuing on in the book of Luke, and really, we've been going through this, the book of Luke lately, right? <clears throat> and we've been going through this for several months, and right now, Jesus' ministry at this point, it's starting to pick up a little bit more pace. It's starting to move a little bit quicker. You see, the disciples have now seen him preach on a multitude of occasions. They've witnessed some extreme and uh, some extreme miraculous things that they probably not thought that they would never witness in their entire life, which we'll talk about some of those in just a little bit. But here's the thing. Jesus' plans for the disciples was not for them just to witness a bunch of miracles. His plan was not for them just to hear a bunch of good words that he was going to say and hear a bunch of sermons that he was going to give and then move on in their lives, and that would be it. It was actually going to be time for them to take action. Now, the last time that I preached was about a month ago. <clears throat> it was when Tears of the Kingdom actually had just come out. And uh, so obviously today I have to use Tears of the Kingdom as my example uh, that we're going to be going through today. But I do think that there's other games that act actually could be used in this example too. Uh, games that come to, my, to, to mind are like Elder Scrolls games, uh, any survival game really, like Valheim, Rust, uh, Minecraft, things like that. But games where you start with nothing and yet you have this massive task that you have to do. Right, So Tears of the Kingdom, and even in Breath of the Wild as well, you, you start out with, actu with absolutely nothing. 
okay? And you are given this massive task. Save Hyrule or um, go and, and take on these dungeons that are out there. You have to figure out these mysteries. Do these side quests. Take out some form of Ganon, whatever that's going to look like. And oh, by the way, you're going to start with a long pair of shorts. And here's a tree branch for your services. It's essentially what Tears of the Kingdom does to you. Zelda's like, come and find me, Link. Go and save Hyrule. Here's a pair of shorts. Good, I'm glad I got my shorts. But they actually serve no purpose because literally there's no defense on these shorts. So if I get hit by the weakest enemy in the game, I'll be dead almost immediately. <laughs> and even though I don't think this is exactly what it's like for us in real life, okay, when we have a task to do, <clears throat> but I do think that many times we kind of feel like this. Think of some examples in your life that were big changes, big transitions that you had to go through in your life, right? Going off to college for the first time. I know that I was nervous going off to college for the first time. It was going to be the first time that I was going to be on my own, out of my house, out of my parents' house. I was going to uh, a different environment. I was going to be doing some difficult classes that I had never done before. And it, I really, I didn't think I was ready for it. Some of you, maybe you didn't go off to college or maybe you're not going to go off to college. Maybe it was just living on your own for the first time, right? Just being out of your house, be, be, not having your parents' guidance there for you, not having that curfew, okay? Going to bed on time so you could wake up for work the next day on time and not being told what you need to do. And being out on your own for the first time can be extremely difficult as well. Paying for your own stuff, paying for your own bills, Getting married. Getting married is an extreme change in your life. And I got to tell you, when I first got married, a lot of people, they would say, hey, are you ready to be married? And I'm like, I don't really know if I'm ready to be married. I'm excited to get married. Absolutely. I was very excited to get married. But am I actually ready for that experience? I don't know because I've never experienced it before. I've never done I've never done this before, so I didn't know what it was going to be like after I got married, right? And then even more so, those of you that have children, mothers and fathers out there, hey, listen, I'm sure you were asked this question. Are you ready? Are you ready to have that baby boy or are you ready to have that baby girl? And your answer probably was, I'm excited, but I am not ready for it. And honestly, I don't think anybody is ready, especially when they're having their first kid. I don't think anybody's actually ready for it. But the experience of it and being and, and going through it, that that actually helps. That actually helps over time. We don't feel equipped. We don't feel ready for it. We've seen others do it. I've seen other people go to college. I've seen other people get married. I've seen other people have children. But because I've never personally done those things, or maybe you're, you know, like I've been to college, but the thing is, is like if you've never done those things, and you've seen, you can say, I've seen other people do it, so I know that it's possible, but am I really up to the challenge? Am I really up to the task of whatever it might be? And I think we have those moments in our lives a lot of times. The first thing that I want you to do today, we're going to have a little bit more of an interactive day uh, for uh, for a couple of times. And so first thing that I want you to do, I want you to put this in the chat, okay? And I need you to put it with all of the confidence in the world, okay? I want you to put, I am chosen, 
put in the chat, I am chosen. As I said before, Jesus' ministry is really picking up a lot of pace now. The 12 disciples have witnessed many miracles as they, they continue to follow him. And what we've seen so far, what have, what have we actually seen so far in Luke up to this point? What are the miracles that we've seen so far? Let me, I want to read a few of them for you because there's actually a lot of time. We've only, we're only hitting chapter nine today, okay? So we've only been through eight chapters, but there's been a lot of things that Luke has told us and recorded up to this point of what Jesus is doing in the midst of the 12 disciples. So we have Jesus passing through a crowd at Nazareth when they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Now, I know a lot of people might not think of this as a miracle, okay? But the fact of the matter is they actually got Jesus up to the cliff. They actually got him up to the cliff where they were going to throw him off of the cliff. And then I don't know what he said. I don't know what he did. But the people that drove him up to the cliff, he just passes through the crowd. And they can't throw him off the cliff. I would call that a miracle. I don't know about you. But like, like if they were able to get him up to the cliff, there had to be something that was done for him to be able to pass through the crowd. Jesus heals Peter. Uh, he heals Peter's mother-in-law, who is extremely sick. We see Jesus healing many people of their afflictions and rebuke de- demons after the Sabbath sunset. That's another story that's in the Bible. That's a true story. We have Peter who catches a large amount of fish after having nothing all night long. Right? Peter's casting his net, casting his net, casting his net, and then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, "Cast it on the other side of the boat." And Peter's like, "I've done this before." But I'll do it anyways. This guy's told me to cast it on the other side of the boat. I'm just going to show him that there's going to be no fish. And then there's so many fish that gets caught that he actually can't even raise up the net. The net starts to break and he needs other people to help him to raise up the net back onto the boat because there's so many fish that's in there. We have Jesus when he cleanses the leper. The, you know, if you, if, you, if you had leprosy, you weren't even allowed to be near people. And Jesus went over to the person within the distance that you're not supposed to stand in front of people or you were marked as unclean as well. And Jesus healed the leper. We saw Jesus heal a paralytic. We saw Jesus heal the man's hand that was mangled and he did it. Not only not only did he heal the man's hand that was mangled, but he did it on the Sabbath. We see that Jesus heals the centurion's servant when he, he wasn't even physically there. He just spoke it and it happened. Jesus raises the widow's son from the dead in Nain. We saw that recently. The wind and the waves obeyed Jesus. We have Jesus who he when when he healed the uh, the demon possessed man, the man who called himself Legion. Right, he heals that man and drives out those demons. Jairus's daughter being brought back to life. So now we, the disciples have seen two people who have been brought back to life. And then finally, the last thing that we saw last week, which was also Jairus' daughter, was the woman who was healed for uh, after she had been sick for 12 years. For 12 years, she had been sick, and Jesus came on the scene and healed her. So Jesus, or the, the, the disciples, they are seeing a lot at this point. They're seeing a lot of what Jesus is doing. And we're only in chapter 9, and this is only one of the Gospels, right? Some of the other Gospels, they have more in there. I'm sure that there were things that weren't even recorded, but there's other things that are happening as well. So they've seen countless miracles at this point. And now we're going to land in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. And it says this, Summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority. Jesus gives them power and authority over all of the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God 
and to heal the sick. Jesus now calls on his disciples and he delegates some work for them to do. You see, Jesus did not just call the disciples uh, to follow him and to watch what he was doing, to hear the things that he was going to speak, like I said before. He called them because there was work to do. Jesus being the personification of God, being fully God yet fully human at the same time, he can't be everywhere. So he has these people who are following him, and he's got the main 12 disciples that he is now sending out to go and do some work. But he doesn't just send them out. He doesn't just go, okay, it's time for you. Go and go and do this. No. He gives them both power and authority to cure diseases and to drive out demons. God calls and God equips. We're going to talk about equipping in a little bit. But I want to say this. Though the equipping may not be seen or apparent when the calling happens, I want you to know this along the way, as you continue on in your life and through the experiences that you have, it's going to become more and more apparent of how equipped you actually are. Just like in Tears of the Kingdom, right? I was talking about that before. You get a call at the beginning of the game. You get this massive task right at the beginning. And you may start out with a tree branch. But eventually, things start to progress. Eventually, you get better weapons, right? You get a better sword. Sometimes, you, you know, you, you get better gear that you can put on. You can start upgrading your gear. You can start upgrading your health. You can start upgrading your stamina. And things get better and better and better to the point where you feel like you are fully equipped to be able to take on really any challenge in the game. And in our lives, I think it's hard to recognize that you've been upgraded sometimes. I think it's hard to recognize that you've gone through all these experiences, maybe because it's so gradual, because it's taken such a long time, but you don't recognize that you have been equipped. Like I said, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But over time, you start to realize it more and more and more. God calls and God equips. You will never, I want you to hear me. If you're struggling in your relationship with Jesus right now, I want you to hear me when I say this because I think this is very, very important. You will never be fully fulfilled in your relationship with God if it's just going to be surface level. You, let me say that one more time. You will, never, you will never be fully fulfilled in your relationship with God if it's going to just be surface level. It isn't about going to church on a weekly basis. Maybe you have a local church that's near you. It's not about going there on a weekly basis and sitting in the back row. It's not about coming to God Squad Church on a weekly basis and just being in the chat. It's not even about hanging out with people every once in a while online. It's not just about those things. Those things are good and they're healthy, but that's only going to give you a very surface-level relationship with Jesus. I know we drill this into your heads week after week after week after week, but it is so important to understand that prayer, daily prayer in your life when you're communicating with God is so important. Reading your Bible on a daily basis, diving into God's word to understand the truth that he has for you, for what he wants to speak into your life. It is so important to do that. But then discovering your purpose, discovering what your purpose is, 
in serving him in a way that he has called you, that's going to allow you to draw even closer to him, to get out of that surface level, to have that, that, that deep relationship that he wants us to have with him. You have been chosen, and you've been given the power and the authority to follow the calling that he has given to you. I believe that there are Christians out there who fully believe that they've been chosen by God for one purpose or another. Obviously, we've seen that, right? You have pastors that are out there. You have missionaries. You also have people, maybe they open up a bagel shop, okay? God told them to open. I'm not saying that he's telling you to open up a bagel shop, okay? But I'm saying there are actually people out there who have opened up certain uh, certain places, certain stores, specifically with the intention of being able to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people, okay? That is a real thing. That's what God called them to do. So there are people that have been chosen by God, and they know that they've been chosen by God. But there are those that don't believe this. I talk to a lot of people, okay? And probably at least I would say once, maybe twice, sometimes even more than that per week, I have people who say that they don't think they've been chosen. They don't think that they've been uniquely designed. They don't think that they have a purpose at all in this life. And I think there are people out there as well who believe that they're chosen, but that they actually but but they also believe that they actually have the power and the authority to do whatever it is that God has called them to do. But then I think there are not as many people who believe that or not necessarily who believe that. There's less people who believe all of those things. They they they've heard from God. They know that they're chosen. They know what God has called them to do. They even believe that they have, they've, they've been equipped, that they have the power and authority to go out and do whatever it is. But there's a lot of times that people, they hear all of those things, and they still don't go out to do whatever it is that God has called them to do. God has sent them, yet they didn't go out into whatever it is. And I think we all need to realize this point in our life that the fact is that we are sent by God. And so what I want you to do, another interactive moment, right? Put in the chat, put in the chat, I am sent. You, listen, you are sent by God. No matter where you're at in your life, you are sent by God. Let me read for you Luke chapter 9 verse 2 again. It says, then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. See, Jesus allows the disciples to experience some amazing things while they're with him, right? They, 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 they've seen some miracles. They've heard some great things. And listen, they, I would think that the disciples at this point, they, they kind of got it made, okay? They kind of have it made. Think about it. They travel with this guy, all right? And, and although there was fear, obviously, at first when they started to do this, they were leaving their jobs behind. They were leaving their families behind, li literally leaving everything behind for this person that they don't even really know yet. But they're following him for some reason, okay? And they go along on this journey anyways, leaving everything else behind. But apart from that, they basically had nothing with them, but they're being taken care of on a daily basis, all the provisions that they need, it's being given to them. They're seeing demons being cast out. They're seeing Jesus, you know, healing people. He's, he, he's raising people from the dead. And disciples, they're basically along for the ride at this point, okay? 
basically passengers in a car while Jesus, he sits in the driver's seat as he's continuing to do most of the footwork. But then Jesus does something a little bit different. He turns everything around and he steps out of the driver's seat and he gives the disciples the keys. I would think this would be a little bit terrifying at this point for the 12 disciples, right? I, you, you know, you would, you, you would think that the disciples have an immense, an immense amount of faith at this point. With all the things that they've seen, with all the things that they've heard, they would have an immense amount of faith. faith. But I think there's another side of me that thinks that they would think, well, Jesus did these things. We, we, can't, we can't possibly be able to do that. Like, look at what he actually did. There's no possible way that I can do it. I'm not a prophet. I'm nobody special. Jesus did those things. He's special, right? We know a little bit about who he is now. Some people are even talking about this man being the Messiah, but we, we can't possibly, we can't possibly do these things. Or if he's around, those miracles won't happen. Uh, or, or he's been the one teaching. We can't teach like him. He's been teaching with authority and with power, with grace, with truth. I can't possibly teach like he does. But here's the thing. Jesus gave them power and he gave them authority to do these things. And he's the one that gave them their gifts as well. So I guess the question for you right now is, do you believe that this is in your life as well? Do you believe that God has given you power? Do you believe that God has given you authority? You see, the disciples, they experienced and learned some amazing things while they were with Jesus. Then they discovered what their purpose was, and they were sent to make a difference. They were sent out to go and make a difference after they discovered what their purpose was. So no matter where you are in life, God is sending you somewhere. You might even know what the ultimate calling is that God, and a lot of times the calling changes, right? Our lives are not always the same. It's not always the same pattern. But a lot of times, maybe God has that ultimate calling in your life, whatever that might look like. But sometimes you're just not there yet. That doesn't mean that you're not being sent somewhere else for the moment. You are always being sent by God somewhere to be able to do some sort of purpose for him. Even in those transitional periods, right? There's those transitional periods, but you still have a purpose. You still have something that you're supposed to be doing for God. It doesn't mean that he's, he's uh, you know, he isn't sending you somewhere. He always is. And so have you listened to that calling yet? Have you listened to the calling of where God is sending you? Are you giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to others as well? That is so, so, so important. What is the gift that God has given you? Are you using it to further the kingdom of God? And are you using it to make a difference? And if you're not, why not? If you're not using it to make a difference, why not? And then finally, we get to this point of knowing what our purpose is, right? We know that I am chosen. We now know that I am sent as well. But I think at this point, we freeze up sometimes and we say this, and I have said this on so many occasions in my life. Am I even equipped to even be able to do something like this? I, I My wife can tell you that when I was 
first told that I was going to be able to come and move down to Virginia to be a full-time pastor for God Squad Church, there was a couple of things that was going through my mind. First one, I kept saying, I'm not worthy enough to be able to do this. Like, I, there's, there's no reason why I should be called to be able to do this. But the other thing that was going through my mind was, am I even going to know what I'm doing? Like, I've never done this before. This isn't what my full-time job is yet anyways. Am I even going to know what I'm doing once I get down there to Virginia? I was asking myself those, those questions every single day, and sometimes I still do, I think. But I want you to put with all confidence in the chat our final point, I am equipped. Put in the chat right now, I am equipped. Let me read for you Luke chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. And it says this. Take nothing for the road, he told them. No staff, no traveling bag, no bread, no money, and don't take an extra shirt. Whatever house you, stay, you, you enter, stay there and leave from there. If they do not welcome you when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. Oh, let me give you an example here, okay? When you go on vacation, there's one very basic need. This is a necessity. When you go on vacation, you're going away for any period of time. You have to do this. You have to pack, okay? There's no question about it. You have to pack. You, you got clothes. You got toothbrush. You got books, sunglasses, toiletries, towels, sandals. Uh, you need to bring money with you, right? I, and, and listen, there are some, all right, some of you people out there, you know who I'm talking about, okay? There was one time, I remember, I was going to a youth camp. I was still in high school. I was one of the youth. And one of my co youth group people, okay? She asked me to bring one of her bags, uh, help her bring one of her bags up to her room, okay? And I picked up that bag, and let me tell you, that bag was heavy, okay? I didn't, I was like, I, I, at one point, we we're like halfway up to the room, and I said, I'm sorry, I have to ask this. What do you have in this bag? And she looked at me with all seriousness in her eyes. She said, 25 pairs of shoes. I said, 25 pairs of shoes? What do you need 25 pairs of shoes for? She said, options. Uh, we're going to be here for two and a half days, and you brought 25 pairs? I couldn't believe it. My, my mind was blown. So you need to pack when you're going on vacation, okay? Whether it be the clothes, the toothbrush, or the 25 pairs of shoes, you need to pack. But Jesus gave a really simple command to understand, but a very hard one to probably follow. And he said, take nothing for the road. No, don't take your 25 pairs of shoes. Please don't take your 25 pairs of shoes. <laughs> don't take clothes. Don't take a money bag. Don't take a traveling bag. Take nothing with you as you go out on this journey. And this accomplishes a few things, I think. I think one of the main things that we normally would see from this and one thing that we normally would talk about is that this helps the disciples to be fully dependent on God, right? For their provisions, for the resources that they're going to need. They don't have any money, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to literally rely on God for everything that they're going to get. For food, for shelter, for safety. Everything that they need, 
they're they're now relying on God. And I think that's the first thing that this accomplishes, but I think it also accomplishes another purpose. You see, the disciples, they had a very urgent message to bring to other people. And if they brought other things with them, that could be used as a distraction or it could show other people that they were there for another purpose. But with nothing with them, with none of those distractions, without the money bags, without the, the traveling bags, without the clothes, without anything with them, all they had was the message that Jesus had given them about the kingdom. And that was it. That was what their purpose was. That was why they went out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. See, the message that they were preaching was that Jesus, the Messiah, that he is here, that he has arrived, that he is on this earth, right? And then there is also saying that his kingdom, that it looks a little bit different than we th- with what we thought it was going to look like. This guy, the, the Messiah, Jesus, he is different than who we thought he was actually going to be. And then finally, they were telling people to repent and to believe. And even though they wouldn't have their essentials, they were equipped with everything that they would need to accomplish this purpose that they were sent on. We have this mission as well, okay? And listen, our message is a little bit different, right? We're not saying that Jesus, that he is here right now physically on this earth, but we are saying that Jesus has already come on this earth, that Jesus came and he died on the cross for you, that he rose from the dead three days later so that we no longer live under the old covenant, but we live right now in a place where we, where if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we have the Holy Spirit who, come and do, who comes and dwells within our hearts. Like that's a big deal. That's a, that's a big message to be giving to other people. The gospel of Jesus. He came, lived a pure life, died on the cross for you and for me, rose from the dead, showcasing that sin and the grave could not hold him down. And then finally, the Holy Spirit will live inside of you if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, so you'll be able to live for an eternity in heaven. So yeah, our message was different than what the disciples were giving in that day. But the fact of the matter is that we're still sent on a mission just like they were, just like the disciples were. And I think there's more to say about the statement that says, uh, shake the dust off your, uh, from your feet as a testimony against them. If somebody doesn't respond to the message that you're giving them, but here's what I am going to say about this. It is not, listen to me. It is not your job to change somebody's mind or to change somebody's heart. Let me say that one more time. It is not your job to change somebody's mind or to change their heart. Your job is to relay the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus to other people. Once they hear that message, they have that free will. They have that choice to either accept the message that you're giving them or to reject the message that you're giving them in that moment. But you still have this job that Jesus has given you. And I think that this is important to note as well, is that the disciples, they had a decision to make. When Jesus said that he was sending them out, they had a decision to make. They could either stay where they were and not do anything about it, Or they could trust in Jesus, trust in Jesus' words, and go as they were sent out into 
wherever they were going to be going into different villages and towns and cities to bring the king to 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 tell other people about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. But it says this in verse six. So they went out. They went out. They proclaimed the good news about the Messiah, and they were healing everywhere. And I think one more thing to note here that's really, really important, kind of a spoiler because it doesn't come until verse 10, but in verse 10 it says that they returned and told Jesus all that they had done. All 12 disciples returned to Jesus. They didn't take a money bag. They didn't take an extra shirt. They didn't take some something that would protect them they went out they believed they trusted in god and they went out with the message that they had and they still returned because they were equipped with enough god gave them enough to equip them so that they would all be able to return here's the bottom line you are uniquely designed by god And you have been made for a purpose. Every single individual on the face of this planet has been made for a purpose. No matter where you're at in in life right now, no matter how you've been hindered, whether it be a, a physical disability, a mental disability, maybe something emotional that's going on in your life. Hey, I want you to know I understand that, okay? I do, but you are still made for a purpose. You still have a purpose that God has put you in this earth for. You are uniquely loved. You are uniquely designed by him. When I say uniquely loved, listen, he has an agape love for you. It's an unconditional love. It's an unconditional love that he has for you. You are equipped to do this. You've been chosen, you've been sent, and you have been equipped. We all have different gifts that we have, and you are such an important piece of the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can continue moving and reaching out to others. You have been sent by God to accomplish the calling and the purpose that he has set you on to do. So I'd ask yourself this question today. If you haven't stepped into the calling that God has put in your life, why not? Maybe you haven't discovered what your purpose is yet. And listen, today after after first service, if the, you know if this is first service right now, I know that this is going to be played during second service as well. But if this is you know first service right now, right after church, we are having a our XP path sessions. Okay, we're going to be in session three today. Does that mean that you can't start today? No, you can start in any session that you want to, and every session is going to be every single month. You know, we got the first, second, and third session, first, second, and third week of every single month, and so you can start today during session three. If you want to sign up for the XP Path, yeah, it's a place for you where you can get partnered with God Squad Church, but it's also a great place where you can discover what your purpose is. Discover what your personality is like so that we can actually look at some of the things that you have given us the answers that you've given us so we can say, hey, this might be a great place for you. This is a place where you would actually enjoy serving God. This is where God is calling you. This is what God has placed in your life, right? It's a great place to be able to find what your purpose is, and we can help with that. Maybe 
you haven't stepped into your calling because you're not confident in your abilities. Maybe you feel like uh, that you haven't been equipped enough. Trust in God. Trust in God that he has called you. And if he's called you into something, he has and he will equip you. He will equip you. Walking into your purpose that he has given you, it's one of the most fulfilling experiences that you will ever have. And maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. I want you to know that the most most fulfilling experience that you can ever have is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Like I said before, he died on the cross for you and rose from the dead. No matter what type of walk of life you come from, no matter how many people you've hurt in your life, no matter how many times you've messed up, no matter what baggage you carry, Jesus Christ died for you and shed his blood for you so that you, all the shame, all the guilt, all the problems that you're having with those things, they're no longer on you anymore because Jesus took them upon himself when he went to the cross. And then three days later, when he broke through the grave, when he was raised from the dead, he showed that the sins that you've made, the mistakes that you've made in your life, that those things don't have victory, but Jesus has victory over them. And so today, I want you, you have an opportunity always, but you have a chance to be able to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And I wouldn't wait. Like I said, it is the most fulfilling experience that you can ever have in your entire life. And so I encourage you and I challenge you today to accept him if you never have as your Lord and Savior. Because when you do that, like I said, you'll have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you'll live with him for all of eternity where there's no more pain, there's no more fear, no more diseases, being in paradise for eternity with him. So I encourage you to make that decision today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are a good, good God. And I thank you that you have chosen us to go on a mission with you. I thank you for sending us. And I pray today, Lord, over each and every person that's listening to this message today or people that are watching this message in the future. I pray for each and every person that is listening and that will listen, that you would give us the confidence and the boldness to step out. That once we discover what our purpose is and the purpose that we have been sent on, that we will obey your word and that we will go out, Lord. It is an honor to be able to serve you in this way. And I thank you so much for the blessings that you have put into our lives. We praise your name and we glorify you. And we thank you for all that you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a powerful, powerful message. Amen. we want to celebrate with you. If, if you're here for the first time and you accepted Christ, we want to celebrate with you. Um, you know, 
really and for all those that got you know that god has called you you know he said god calls and god equips us so boss talking about and I, I remember a quote too that god doesn't call the qualified right he qualifies the called the day that's you you know you might feel like man i, I i'm not ready i I don't, I don't, I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, I, I'll use the analogy. Even some of us that, that started streaming, right? We say, I don't I haven't got the perfect camera. I haven't got the perfect setup. Let me tell you, you just got to step out to that bit of faith. And I'll tell you, I've done it. I started on a laptop, on a little small, like headphone, mic camera, and look what God's blessed you with. As you continue to step out, he beats you every way. He, he begins to do stuff to your life um, that you never thought was possible. And why? Because he gets all the honor, all the glory. So you're chosen. Tell somebody in chat, you're chosen. Pastor Boz, can we get some hearts for Pastor Boz? Absolutely love it. Love to hear the word that God gives him, amen. His heart and just, you know, he has a heart for people and just love to hear it. So guys, guys, th thanks for being here today once again. You know, Warden, it's good to see you. I, I see you there. Jimmy, what's up? It's good to see you. Um, I want to make mention too, um, you know, if you're new here, we love to connect with you. You can fill up the form, type in, in the chat, exclamation point connect. Fill that form out with as much information as you feel comfortable. We love to connect with you. We know how we can serve you, how we can pray for you, and, and, and to do life with you, you know. And uh, you know, if you're here today for the first time, we don't want anything. We don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. But if you call GSC your church, we're gonna go into a time of worship right now, um, um, where you can give. And um, let me tell you, if you call if this, if you call this place your church, and you've been sowing in, I want to encourage you to continue to sow, continue to trust the Lord with the first fruits. In Proverbs three nine, it says, "Dishonor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of your crops." Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will um brim over with new wine in other words trust the lord with what he's giving you right with the small and he'll put you over more and i know what we've seen it here it, your giving it's all made possible and say if you're here today you say i want to i, I want to give you can, there's a couple of safe and secure ways you can give you can type in estimation point and give in chat or you can click the links in the chats or the panels below you give through our paypal or you give through our website godsquadchurch.com or if you reside in the USA, you can text any amount to 84321. There's a couple of steps you got to go through, but it's very simple. And uh, we want to thank you so much once again for trusting the Lord with the, your first fruits that you call GSC or home. You're making this all possible. We're able to continue to go here uh, here on Twitch into one of the you know one of the darkest places and be that light. And um, it's it's only through your giving and through what God's given us. Amen. So thank you so much.